you know, coming into the industry in 2007. This is an extraordinary period for America's economy. Um, uh, you know, approaching the Great Recession. And the collapse in the subprime market. We're on the verge of a major, major recession. It was a really interesting time to work. In markets around the world, stock prices fell like dominoes. A history-making 777-point nosedive. Bear Stearns is not in trouble. I mean, if anything, they're more likely to be taken over. Don't move your money from Bear Stocks also posted big losses in markets around the world. You know, I remember coming into, uh, you know, Ogilvy, having read the agency spy headline of tomorrow is going to be an Ogilvy bloodbath of layoffs. I think the story continues to be pretty close to the same story. Uh, the job loss is, is pretty, is, is large and it's widespread and it's affecting every industry sector and every demographic group. Um, and so you, you come into work. And, you know, you are lucky to have kept your job. The U.S. economy lost more than 700,000 jobs. But you are going to work, you're going to work on behalf of people who got laid off and you are going to work with your head down, you know, without promotion and without, you know, you're, you're going to work in these kind of untenable conditions. What we know now is Wall Street can bring down Main Street. And uh, frankly, I'm going to tell you, it's a little scary. Even even so, at, at Ogilvy, I got to experience, you know, the birth of these employee resource groups, which gave you community and life within the organization. I was actually really passionate about the, you know, diversity and inclusion, advocating for other people. And, and Wyden is a very entrepreneurial agency that said, we don't have this capability here. What are you thinking about? Here's some resources. Go and do it. And, you know, show us the business case. Nelson Mandela had so much compassion for his brothers and sisters. People don't realize this about the Beatles, that they knew they were brilliant. You saw thousands of people along the rail line just standing there to say goodbye to Bobby Kennedy. One story in every human being that defines who you are. Do we film on a volcano that's just about to explode? But the reason this mail pack has been astoundingly successful is because there are pictures of rabbits on the envelope. I mean, I remember it so well where, you know, I was like, hello, hi, Susie, hi, it's LD. I was like, oh, hi, Lyle, what's up? I mean, I think there's something about chaos, right? It either, either you run from it or you run towards it. And for me, there was really this in instance of wanting to run towards it. Welcome to Great Minds. Our guest today is Christina Pyle, Executive Director for Time's Up for Advertising. I've been lucky enough to know Christina for a long time, going back to the very, very beginning of her career in 2007, when she came out of the 4A's MATE program and was working with Tiffany Warren just as Tiffany was getting ad color off the ground. And one of Christina's very first meetings in her entire career was with me, and she reminded me of that in our conversation. And you know, I'm still smiling from that recollection and having watched her grow over the last 12, 13 years uh, to the point where she is at now has been really a joy to watch. And we were thrilled when she won our Futurist Female Award, which we launched as part of Advertising Week last September to recognize young women who were achieving at a very high level in our industry. And she's had a great career. She's worked for some great minds, Colleen DeCourcy among them. And we were so thrilled to have the chance to have her on, to talk about what she's doing now. We really enjoyed it. I think you will too. 
So it's interesting because you got your start in the industry through the 4A's MAPE program, which has been around a long time and has just done some wonderful work, and then ended up working in that space. Did you, was that purposeful or is that just sort of how it happened? I was, I was always passionate about um, coming, first coming into the industry very naively, thinking um, that the creative department was going to be filled with these very eclectic, weird, and different looking people from all walks of life with all of these experiences and who may, who just challenged us to think differently. And, and then I'm walking into these creative departments at the Ogilvy's and the Widens and the Leo's and, and, and it looked like a lot of the same people. They, these, these guys, it was mostly white men. Um, they dress alike you know, they had kind of this group think mentality. And I, I was just so kind of confused because my vision of this creative industry that I was so excited to bust into was that I'm going to be met with all these weird and subversive and interesting people. Um, and so I, I, you know, I saw, I always had this like heart for wanting it, wanting this industry to be better around including women and including diverse voices at the table um, and I had no, I had no plans of making this a career, making adv advocacy and diversity and inclusion a career. Um, I think there was a rubber meets the road moment. I was working at Wyden and Kennedy, uh, I think it was like 2010. And I had, I had this, I, I call it an inflection moment in my career where, um, I wanted to stop chasing opportunity for myself and I wanted, I really wanted to create opportunity for other people. Um, and that revelation comes with a, a change up of everything, of your goals, of your KPIs. It's, it's no longer about, you know, how many clients um, have I worked on or how many campaigns have I got greenlit or the awards that I've gotten for um, my work, but more like how many people have you mentored? How many people have you kept in the industry? How many people have you advocated for getting a raise? Um, and so that, that's really what set me on this path to do this work in a full-time capacity, but bringing with me, you know, the client service thinking, the production thinking, um, all of that, the strategy, um, thinking all of that into how do we truly transform the advertising industry? Fantastic. And tell me, you've worked at Arnold, which you mentioned, you had a uh, tenure at Ogilvy and Mather, uh, Redworks, which I guess was a smaller boutique shop, and and Widen and Kennedy, which you also mentioned. Did you find yourself in a position where you said, "Hey, I'm not getting a fair shake, uh, and I want to do something about it"? Was there any particular, you know, obstacles that you saw in front of you that should not have been there? Um, well, I actually had, I had the, you know, benefit of seeing other people struggle. Um, you know, when I was at Ogilvy, um, you know, coming into the industry in 2007, um, uh, you know, approaching the great recession was a really interesting time to work. Um, and, you know, I remember coming into, uh, you know, Ogilvy having read the agency spy headline of tomorrow is going to be an Ogilvy bloodbath of layoffs. Um, and so you, you come into work and 
you know, you are lucky to have kept your job, but you are going to work, you're going to work on behalf of people who got laid off and you were going to work with your head down, you know, without promotion and without, you know, you're, you're going to work in these kind of untenable conditions. Um, but even, even so at, at Ogilvy, I got to experience, you know, the birth of these employee resource groups, which gave you community and life within the organization. Um, when I was at Wyden, I was actually really passionate about the, you know, diversity, inclusion, advocating for other people. And, and Wyden is a very entrepreneurial agency that said, we don't have this capability here. What are you thinking about? Here's some resources, go and do it. And, you know, show us the business case. Um, so, you know, ramping up to doing this work wasn't really about the inequity that I was experiencing per se. It was the inequity um, that I was seeing around me. And you did have some pretty good mentors at these places. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think I think I built a. When I look back, I think I built a career on working uh, alongside great women. Um, you know, Donna Pedro was one of my earliest mentors at um, Ogilvy and Mather. Uh, she's their, you know, global chief diversity officer. Um, you know, working my entire career uh, alongside uh, Tiffany Warren, who is a creative visionary force to be reckoned with. Um, being like tapped for this role now at Times Up um, by Colleen DeCourcy, who there's no room I walk into that she hasn't already, you know, cleared a path for me to walk into with her reputation and her receipts. Um, and, and now, you know, reporting into Tina Chen, um, who, you know, who spent eight years running the East Wing of the White House as the chief of staff to Michelle Obama. I look back and <laughs> I have aligned myself have been mentored by, have supported, and have learned from some of the best women in the business. Fantastic. No, that I mean, Colleen is a dear friend as well, and I think so highly of her, as do so many others. Um, so you've been blessed to work with some great women and, and some great minds. So let's talk about uh, Time's Up. Let's talk about how you got there, um, what the job is and, uh, you know, what your hopes and dreams are for it. Um, well, so this is a relatively new position. Um, you know, I've been here for, you know, almost 11 months at times up and, um, you know, taking this role was, was, was disrupting my own comfort. Um, I was working, uh, at Omnicom as the director of diversity and inclusion. I was also simultaneously working, for ad color, which is a, you know, full year, 365, all energy in movement. Um, and I was really enjoying the inside and outside look at attacking this issue of diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging. Um, and I really, I, lo I love the community. I love the celebration aspect of it. And so it, there was a bit of disruption in my own life by pivoting into um, this role, but this times up came about in our industry at a, at a, a moment where we were having an international reckoning. Um, and we, you know, we first kind of were learning about this in the entertainment um, space and in industry when, you know, the women came forward and they said like times up on this behavior and advertising was having its own inflection moment. 
Um, and the women who first gathered and said, you know, time's up on what's happening in advertising around, un, you know, unsafe work conditions, harassment, you know, lack of representation. It was, it was a full 360 moment. And I, you know, I had those quiet conversations with my kitchen cabinet, so to speak. And it was, this was, this is the fight, you know, of our, of our lifetime in the workplace. Um, and, and Time's Up felt poised to really tackle those tough issues from the root, understanding the big systemic issues, understanding the power imbalance and what all of the other symptoms that were because of this power imbalance. So I felt, I really, I believe in, in that moment in Time's Up's uh, mission and their vision, their leadership. Um, and, you know, I definitely had the support and the backing of Colleen DeCourcy and, and then you go and you step into um, the moment and you step into the role. So let's talk about what the job is. Uh, there's been so much uh, press and so much written. We just had Ken Aletta on Great Minds and he told an incredible story about an article he had written in 2002, 2003 about Harvey Weinstein and he knew that he was guilty. You know, with Harvey, what, what, what they tell you, uh, the people who worked for him for years, and I, I've done already about 150 interviews, but they tell you that 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 we we knew he cheated on his wife. Um, we didn't know he, he was sexually abusive to women. And now some people obviously knew he was sexually abusive to people. Some people who work with him, some people, uh, Quentin Tarantino has said he knew and he should have intervened at some point. So there are people who knew. And, and, and then the question becomes, those who knew, did they enable Harvey? But at that point, none of the women were willing to come forward and speak. And many, many years later, a young journalist by the name of Ronan Farrow came to him and said, can I look at all your research and papers from that article, which I guess with the New York Public Library? And he did, and Ken worked with him. And Ronan said, I've got women who are willing to speak. And that changed the game. At Time's Up, when you're not in a moment of crisis or responding to a particular incident, tell us about what the job is and what you're trying to accomplish. Well, you know, Time's Up's kind of theory of change is, um, you know, company, changing companies, changing culture and changing laws. Um, and, and, and why you have to focus on those three things simultaneously is because sometimes, you know, changing the laws, it, it takes, it takes time, um, changing culture by, you know, changing people's perceptions and changing their hearts and their minds sometimes leads like in the LGBT community, sometimes that leads, um, before we, you know, we go to the polls and we vote for marriage equality. Um, and then changing the companies is because, you know, we have companies in advertising, uh, entertainment, healthcare, retail. These are large employers of women. Um, and, and we know that CEOs and leadership, sometimes with a stroke of a pen, can change um, the lives and the employee experience for so many people um, even, before, even before laws go into place. Um, so, you know, 
what what's so beautiful about my focus on the advertising industry through that lens of changing companies, cultures, and laws is is a new and fresh approach. And it might be a slower approach than we're used to. Um, but we are right now we're poised on, <laughs> you know, being um, a resource in this moment. So we are we are now having to pivot like like all other organizations that are focused on um, change and reform in the advertising industry. We're focused on this moment. And how do we keep diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging, safety top of mind when people might be faced with losing their jobs, you know, clients are not guaranteeing the work. We are having to, you know, pivot on tone and, 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 and brand. What, how do we keep these, um, these um, principles front and center? How do we hold companies accountable to their value proposition and, how do we, you know, their commitment to diversity and inclusion, their employee experience, their purpose and their mission and everything they define, defined in a time of abundance, how are we keeping that front and center in a time of crisis? Um, you know, and so, and we all know that Christ, crisis comes with opportunity. And as we as individuals have to look internally right now at ourselves, companies are going to have to look internally too to their policies and their practices. So this is, there is a time of opportunity and that's what we are focused on in this moment. How much of the work and how much of the opportunity is crisis driven versus just, you know, steady, you know, pushing that rock up the mountain? Well, this is, this is our strategy before, and this is our strategy now. Um, it, it, it makes the work, this, this moment of crisis and, and people having to look inward makes the, what we were talking about previously, who is the most affected, who is the most affected then is now front and center of who's most affected now. Um, you know, and challenging leaders to think about things like, you know, historically, uh, what lessons from past recessions. Who have we laid off first? Who feels like expendable staff and employees? Um, do, are, are we considering these critical um, inclusion and belonging and diversity programs? Are we considering that discretionary? Um, you know, it's, it's, and are there interesting and alternative ways to think about um, keeping our workforce rather than um, laying off? Are there furloughs, four-day work weeks? Um, do people go down to part-time? What is our paid sick leave policies? And, and how, are, you know, how, how are we supporting families with childcare? So this, these, are th these are things that we um, were focused on and cared about before, and they're now just more um, pronounced and front and center and critical. And looking back and reflecting on your time at Omnicom, almost six years, and the near year that you've spent here in your post at Time's Up, you know, you have all these incredible statistics. We're working on something now to expand, actually, the future is female, which we were very proud that you were one of the winners uh, mm. this past year in the fall to expand that globally. And the statistics about women's influence on purchasing decisions, depending on who you believe, somewhere between 70 and 80% of all purchasing decisions in the house are made by women. So you have an enormous imbalance in influence in favor of women. Mm -hmm. 
Yet, on the other hand, just to pick one statistic, about 4% of all VC money goes to women-owned startups. So that means 96% is not going to Mm women-owned startups. Looking at where we are in the world today in 2020, these imbalances are still incredible. Do you have optimism that folks are finally starting to get it? Or are we in some ways still where we were, you know, many, many years ago? I mean, we've, I I think you have seen, we've seen a lot of advances. We've seen, you know, we've seen the trends of um, diversity and inclusion. We've seen us hyper-focus on the LGBT community. We've seen us hyper-focus on, um, you know, black and brown communities and then hyper-focus on women and then, and then move to women of color as a, um, as a secondary consideration. Um, We've, I think, I've seen a lot of progress in my time and tenure in the advertising industry, um, you know, learning just this week that, you know, Wendy Clark is stepping into um, a a role as the, you know, CEO of a holding company. So we, um, we're, there's so much work to be done and it really, it really starts with that power imbalance. Um, And, and addressing the power imbalance and, and promoting more women and, you know, having more voices, diverse voices at the table starts to erode all of these other things, the safety, uh, the harassment, the undignified work conditions. Um, and so it, am I optimistic? Am I hopeful? Uh, absolutely. In this particular moment, will we lose footing um, when some of those issues feel like nice to have their secondary considerations to shareholder value and, um, you know, P&Ls, I'm concerned. Um, Yeah, I can't say that I'm not. I want to touch on something you just mentioned, which was, you know, there were so many issues and causes, you know, at this moment in time, it's hard pressed to talk about anything that doesn't involve the impact of the coronavirus. How big a concern of yours is it that you're not necessarily an of the moment cause? Um, and do you worry about that? Well, I think I, I think times up, um, times up advertising, particularly, is you know has always been focused on safety, equity, equity, and dignity um, in the workplace, and so. Um, you know, we, we, I don't think we've ever leaned into one because there, all of this has to achieve for us to have um, equality in the workplace and have, you know, better conditions for everybody. Um, these apply to men also. So in, in this moment, um, you know, we really, we have really been talking about the paid sick leave. We've always, that's always been on our agenda and that is now front and center. And so when, when we're talking about we, a return to work moment, Safety is is going to be a really big issue. Um, people are going to take license with the um, insurmountable levels of stress and, and uncertainty. People are going to take license to harass um, more often. And so we're going to have to have safety um, policy and understanding in place. Um, 
dignified work conditions? Like, are we supporting people work from home if that's going to be a new reality that people are going to have to be working from home? How how is what is inclusive inclusivity at work from home look like? Um, and equity is going to be something that we're going to have to continue to continue to push because it might be hard to think about fair pay um, at a time when you know, people are losing their jobs or people are getting salary cuts or being furloughed. So, you know, our issues remain relevant and our issues are a lot of the issues that groups and groups um, that advocate for a better industry are fighting. And we're fi- we are fighting this um, together. And, and I'm in touch with a lot of the other groups who we are committed to coming together to continue to make these issues front and center in a time that feels hard to prioritize this. Yeah. Well, I, I, listen, I think this is an everyday priority uh, for everyone, and that should not change in the least. If you want to hold somebody out as sort of exemplary for really getting it right, who do you look to? Well, I mean, I you know, I think our industry has shown up um, – in this moment, in 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 terms of creativity, Here's Nike transforming one of its sneakers into medical face shields. You've seen us show up in this moment in some strong areas like FCB, that um, and I think it was it took them four days to pull together a campaign for their client Cottonelle, uh, whereas Share a Square. So it was, it was the understanding that people were hoarding toilet paper and they needed to quickly push out messaging. Um, on behalf of their client and did so in four days. Um, so our industry is showing up. I think agencies that are supporting their clients that are showing up in this moment, they're not just talking about their product, but are talking about their what they're doing in this moment um, and what they're going to continue to do is the way our industry shows up the best. Um, and you know, I think I think leaders are. It's a different time. They're looking for guidance on how to make these critical decisions, um, and I, I think it will really unfold. You know, pretty quickly, who is getting it right and who is setting up their organization um, for the future, for the future of the best talent. You know, having the best clients um, and and really being regarded. Um, uh, by employees as, as a considered like this is a place I want to work. And both, I guess the answers are all different now in terms of what priorities are in the short term. But looking out at the next year, what are the two or three, you know, agenda items that are on the front burner for you? Um, I, for, you know, for me, I'm really focused on rebuilding uh, the workplace. And if we, if this moment is an opportunity to rebuild, um, what does that look like? And how do we support leaders in making critical decisions? But how do we also um, empower employees on, you know, what rights they have in the workplace? And so we, this is, you know, like, like I said, and like people have been quoting, you know, crisis brings opportunity. And if, if there is an opportunity here, it's to rebuild the workplace in, you know, future looking in the way that we've imagined um, um, for sustainability. Yeah, no, listen, I think it's, you know, it's just super uh, to watch you flower and um, to see where you began 
and uh, as a success story out of MAPE to have aligned yourself with, you know, the force of nature that is Tiffany Warren, uh, <laughs> to to have worked with folks, you know, like Colleen and and so many others, and to be in a position to create meaningful change. Um, and I, I don't know where you'll end up, but I know that it will be in an area that enables you to impact not only the bottom line and the wallet, but also the heart and soul of wherever it is you are, company, industry, um, and uh, your fierceness as an advocate and passion shines through every time, you know, I'm in the room with you or on the phone with you. And it's, and it's you know, our industry's better because of people like you. Oh, thank you. And, you know, thank you for being a part of my journey from the, like, really the very first weeks to, you know, giving me this big industry recognition and giving me a platform um, during advertising week um, and, you know, help helping to amplify my voice. I, I um, really like respect and appreciate you. And I'm so thankful for this moment. Well, thank you. And, you know, we were backstage together in Times Square before the TLC show on the Monday <laughs> night of Advertising Week when you were one of the, uh, I think it was 10 winners for the inaugural class of Futurist Female. And I had no idea that you were one of the winners. And there we were backstage and all the pieces sort of came together, um, going back to our first meeting in 2007, you know, right through to the fall of uh, of twenty. Uh, 2019. And that was just really something special. So I, I was really thrilled for you. That concert was also kind of epic. That concert was epic. We still talk about it. And, you know, that, that moment now is kind of etched for us because it's one of the last times we were all able to gather as an industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, I, and we all hope that we're back there again in October, you know, we're going to obviously have to see what happens the next few months, but I think, you know, while we're, we've all gotten used to the new ways of working, and I love what you're doing to help redefine, you know, this reentry back into the workplace going forward. But I, I do think as humans that need to be with each other to connect, to have shared experiences, you know, I think it's going to be a while, but I have to believe that's coming back. I, we are such a social industry. We gather, we gather often. That it will be back, and we'll we're gonna we're gonna ne never take it for granted again. Um, yeah, and then you know, hopefully, we can you know share this experience with more more people get to go to advertising week, more people get to go to Cannes. You know, I think I could not agree with you more that this is not going away. If not, we're gonna need it more. Yep, let's let's hope so. All right, well, you stay safe, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for listening. And for more content just like this, visit advertisingweek360.com. Production on this episode was by Jack Hirschman and Brendan Porter. And original music was by Ian Levy.